0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to the first episode of the Broadway Teacher's Podcast. Hello, Gordon.
2: Hi, Pam. I can't believe we've been doing this for 21 years. Not when the podcast, we... but the Broadway <laughs> Teacher's Workshop.
1: Exactly. And who are we going to uh, listen to today? Today?
2: Today? We are listening to a conversation we had a couple of years ago at the Broadway Teachers Workshop with Benj Pasek and Justin Paul, who I met several years ago when they were seniors at the University of Michigan. I was getting ready to direct Edges. It was going to be the first professional production of Edges. Um, I don't know why I'm speaking about it in like the subjunctive tense, because it actually did happen. Um, (laughs) It happened. Uh, at Capital rep and it was great. Uh, Uh, and I knew it was the start of uh, a major career. And, um, when we joined them in conversation, um, their career was well on its way.
1: I know. I think it was so crazy that they they were at the event that summer and it was the same year that they had won the, you know, that La La Land had won the Academy Award and that Dear Evan Hansen was such a runaway hit on Broadway. And I thought, oh my gosh, so much good fortune for the two of them. And so deserving. They're so talented and they were just so generous with their time and, and their spirit at our event.
2: Absolutely. Uh, It was such a great conversation. I'm thrilled that we can kick off this amazing podcast series with them. Hopefully everyone who's listening will subscribe and uh, treat themselves to a a real fun season of behind-the-scenes glimpses. Great. Well, let's take a listen. The following was recorded live at the Broadway Teachers Workshop an annual program that brings theater teachers together with the Broadway community for behind-the-scenes classes, workshops, intimate discussions, and Broadway shows in New York City and online. Learn more at www.broadwayteachinggroup.com.
1: Now, I have to say that it has been our, our great good fortune over the years that I've been able to introduce a lot of incredible Tony Award-winning artists here at this event, but it's very rare that I get to say, please join me in welcoming Tony Award-winning and Academy Award-winning songwriters, Justin Paul and Benj Pasek. So speaking of, I'd say quite a year, would you you fall into the heading of quite a year this year?
0: Sure, yes. (laughs) I wanted to stop. What would happen if we said no?
1: Yeah, really. I think. What are you waiting for?
3: Exactly.
1: Um, Tell us where the two of you met and how you started working together.
3: Sure. So I am. I kind of lost my voice a little bit. So we're both a little
0: bit under the weather. I'm going to make Justin talk
3: more than me. Oh, I was going
0: to make you talk more.
3: Okay. (laughs) But I have my tea I feel like I'm You know Ready for my, The big show um, We met uh, At college orientation At the University of Michigan Summer of 2000- Oh Michigan Woo! Go blue Go blue oh, Okay yes. I like you right there um, we met uh, and we we kind of bonded because it was everybody came to this orientation, but the, only the, like a few musical theater majors were in our direct group that were touring around campus, and we like immediately Probably were like a group
0: like, of ten or twelve.
3: Yeah, or and we were immediately like, "You like you know Ricky Ian Gordon and like you know Jason Robert Brown?" Like me too. And so we started geeking out together, um, and and then we became uh, fast friends. But what really solidified our friendship was that we uh, starting our freshman year, we had to be in ballet class together. <laughs> And we were the two... Why are you (laughs) laughing? (laughs) We were the two... Worst dancers by far in our class, and the way that we uh, could kind of uh, make it through was that we we would sort of hide behind each other in class and try not to be seen. Um, and we would we we didn't know like what the moves were, like the pas de chevals and the pas de Shahs and all of those things. And so we just remembered when to kind of leap into the air by like saying to each other like Run a little bit, run a little bit, jump, and then just fly. <laughs> you know, and that was our those were our sort of code words for each other.
0: Yeah. So we uh, and we would fun, we 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 even found ways to like uh, there was like an exit door in our in our ballet class in our dance class. Watch whatever. out for this,
3: you know, for your kids. Yeah, this yeah, was yeah. a high and level so, technique. Yeah. We so we
0: yeah. So we would like because you know we would do those across the floor. That was the most brutal part of dance class, which is across the floors. Which is like you know you're in this room and you're like at this corner and it's like one at a time. You go across the floor and do this thing and that was the absolute horror show nightmare for us. So. Uh, so, but was what was very convenient is just like in this room, there was an exit door right on that side. Sneaky, and sneaky. And so, what we figured out how to do was there was like maybe twenty or twenty-five people in the class, enough that no one would see you if you went out the exit door, came back in through the front doors, which were over there, ended up on the other side of the floor, Big and then you're like, here I am, and like the the teachers just watching the other students go across. So like then you and like she'd like look and be and be like. You could tell she was being like, did they actually, did, I don't think I went, I saw them, but like, they're there, so I guess they did like, good job, guys. Um... Uh so uh so that's I mean, we perfected a lot of these techniques uh uh and that's how we uh you know bonded and became friends. Uh, and so and when then, you
1: guys were there though you started as performance, performance musical yeah, we theater there, BFA. Yeah, musical BFA theater. musical
0: theater performance. We were there to be uh to be Broadway actors to sing and dance. Uh and uh I, a lot of our actually bonding comes out of like other failure. Uh we uh it was uh, our sophomore year of college. We were doing uh, that. It was, our, it, was a ce- it was what was it? Spring semester of our sophomore yeah. year, and we were supposed to be in the school show, and it was City of Angels, and uh, we were really excited. And I think we both had it in our heads that a lot of the s- seniors don't do the se- the spring semester. Uh, show because they're all focused on like showcase and moving to New York and you know all that big time kind of stuff. Getting agents, getting landlines, phone numbers in New York like um, which are useless but uh, but uh so so we were like, you know what, it's basically the juniors and then us and so there's a good chance that we'll get, you know, decent roles in this show and, like, it's not for dancers, it's for more singer-actors and that's what we think we are, that's what we thought we were. <laughs> uh, well, and, we had
3: already established that we were definitely not going to be triple threats, you right. know? So we were like, we're going to go for like a solid double threat situation. <laughs> But it was really going to be cemented at City of Angels.
0: Right, it was like it was a perfect non dancer show. There's like hardly any dancing whatsoever. It's all about the voice and whatever. So, like, this is going to be our moment. And um, we auditioned for the show and we were
3: cast. uh, 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 We both got cast, so that was good. I was cast as the man with camera. (laughs) Um, And um, (laughs) Justin was cast as Harlan Yamato, the Asian backup dancer slash coroner. Um. <laughs> yeah and you know I'm sure you guys are used to giving this speech um, but it was the first day of rehearsal and the director looks at all of us and he's like you know this speech you guys know this because you give it all the time he's like you know this is an ensemble show <laughs> and it's absolutely not an ensemble show and he goes... I mean,
0: if you know City of Angels, it is not an ensemble show. It's not. There's like two party scenes and like, you're like trying to give bits to people just to yeah. give them something.
3: And he's like, he's like, every part in City of Angels is necessary yeah. and every part in City of Angels matters. And then he looks right at me and he goes, even the man with camera... <laughs> Which is the moment you realize that you really don't need to be in this musical at all for it to tell the story.
0: Um, so so sort of that was where we were. We were sort of like, okay, well, we, you know, maybe this is not what we're supposed to do or like the, uh, our uh, version of ourselves is not aligning with what the rest of the world seems to be seeing.
1: And you're freshman at this point?
0: We were sophomores, sophomores now. Okay. Yeah, that's so a little more
3: had... humiliating. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and we had, uh, we had been, we had spent some time in practice rooms uh, at school just kind of messing around like playing music and, uh, and we had started writing some songs not really for any purpose or reason uh, or with any goal in mind just to sort of do it just because that was like an outlet. Uh, and then our sophomore year when this whole City of Angels debacle went down uh, <laughs> We, uh, I think we sort of felt, it wasn't like as articulated as this at the time, but I think we were sort of feeling like, Okay, you know, like our moms are flying out to Michigan to like come see us in the show, and like what are they gonna think? Like, what are they paying like you know, all this money a year to you know for us to be doing and like we're not succeeding in the ways we thought we would. We sucked at ballet, we didn't get good roles in this non-dancer show.
3: Uh, we were at like we went from like like triple threat dreams to like literally zero threats. Yeah. So we we're not threatening to anyone. Non
0: threatening, <laughs> non threatening. Uh, so, so, so I think we were, because we were feeling that way, we sort of um, decided to sort of channel some of our energy and our efforts into writing, and and we decided to, you know, conceive an, this idea of writing a review, like a song cycle. It was basically songs that were all related to what we were going through at the time in our lives, or our friends, or, you know, how hard it is to be 19 years old, you know, at, a, at university, and like, it's such a struggle, like that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> And so, um, but it's very real and very dramatic to you at the time. So, uh, so we wrote a bunch of songs, and then we had some other friends who were incredibly talented, who also had not uh, gotten cast in roles or good roles or at, or roles at all in City of Angels. Who were but were very good, and so they were like all very bitter about it, and we were bitter about it. So we just were like, well, we'll all just be bitter and we'll do our own show. And so uh, we put together a, a concert and did this uh, did this first. Uh, version of a show called Edges. And you guys know
1: about Edges? Have you are you familiar with like, Yeah, board? it's really oh.
0: old. We know. Um, <laughs> uh, and so that was the first kind of thing that we did uh, in public, and you know, for an audience. And that was the thing that we were like, we did that, and it was like, all right, I think this could be something that we do and and, and that we do well, and maybe that's what we're supposed to be doing.
1: And was the response just, you know, did it floor you? It sounds like it kind of started really organically and you were just playing around and came up with these songs and then... (laughs) Clearly, it struck a nerve with people. Yeah,
3: I mean, I think it, it was really more motivated out of us being really insecure that we didn't, like, have anything of, of worth, honestly. And, and when people then heard it, they, they were encouraging, but then we were like, okay, we have something. Like, let's, how do we maximize the something that we have? So we decided to, we made our own, like, bus and truck non-equity uh, tour up the east coast of America to basically our parents' friends' cities uh, <laughs> where they lived. Um, so we did like a production in Washington D.C. where one of the cast members, Nick Blamire, lived. And like when we say production, it was like you know them it was doing the, it the show was it was, in like yeah. a black box microphones theater, microphones and stools. Yeah. Yeah, and then we did a production in Philadelphia that summer where I'm from. Uh, production in Connecticut. And one in New York City, and we just like sort of begged people to come and, and see it. And from that, um, some really nice people who had they gave us I think like nine hundred dollars, some donors to the University of Michigan um, Musical Theater Department to make a CD earlier that summer. So we would give away the CD, and like and then from that it began to spread, and we we were really surprised. Um, it was also it happened in two thousand and five when um, when we wrote the show, so it was I think the perfect. Um, like moment for people who were just beginning to use Facebook and YouTube to connect with other kids who were using Facebook and YouTube in the year that it sort of started, and it was really just a collegiate thing. Um, so it, the song sort of began to spread uh, through, you know, through the internet and through those 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 sort of platforms.
1: The interesting thing to me is, um, I want to. I think you guys know that this group is largely comprised of theater educators from all over the world. Yeah. Um, so I want to go back like a little bit to your earlier educational influences because what I find so fascinating is that, um, that you both were talented enough to get in as actors to University of Michigan, not an easy school to get into. Um, and Times were different then. <laughs> but that you, that you had the ability, this ability to be writers as well. Was that something that was fostered earlier in your lives? I, mean, I don't think many people just sit down and like, oh, hey, let's write a song. Like, how did that come about?
0: Um, I think for me, uh, yeah, and we can talk, we can delve more into it, and in, because it, I'd love to talk about that. Um, uh, but it, broad strokes, yeah, I think it was fostered just in the sense of like, I think the number one for my upbringing in terms of uh, uh, theater education and arts education, the biggest thing for me was. Um, being given responsibility that I didn't quite deserve to have but sort of rising to the occasion and that's what I thought my teachers did so well Uh, and and so I think that kind of thinking about how theater is put together beyond just being an actor, I think was always there. Like, it's there aren't that many programs in middle school or high school for doing things in theater other than acting. There are some, which is great, but there's certainly not to be a musical theater composer, usually. There's usually not to be a casting director, to be, you know, uh, maybe there is some tech works to an extent, but like specific, you know, costume design or lighting design, it's not always available, but I think still... Teachers encouraging students to sort of try those things on their own and being given the freedom to try that a little bit and then to be guided um, that was always present for me so I think knowing that there was theater outside of just performing was always in my mind i got to, I played in the pit for shows I conducted shows i um, you know like I was on stage having that whole experience I always always went into it thinking there's more than just being an actor on stage. And so that's why it wasn't so weird to switch to think about, to, to doing to think about else. writing.
1: Right,
3: right. Yeah, I think for me, I I was really lucky that I had teachers that introduced material that was really inappropriate. <laughs> 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 you know, I mean, I I do. I mean, I think that, bec- like, my, my drama teacher, you know, in in i guess like the end of middle school or the beginning of high school we were doing like Anna DeVere Smith plays and like you know what i mean and that's pretty badass you know and you don't really know like how cool that is until you step away from it and you're like wow that that's really cool or she she um and, and, like, it ended up, like, kind of controversial, and we ended up not doing it, but she tried to do a Susan Laurie Parks drama, and, you know, like, just... there, there were, It was really, really cool. Um, I had, you know, a teacher in middle school who, you know, one of the first songs that he played, you know, that was not uh, sort of classical music. It was, like we had to analyze a weekend in the country. So like, just having these teachers that introduce this stuff to you before you're really ready, and it's, as Justin say, it says, you sort of have to like rise to the occasion, or, or it's sort of like a couple of steps beyond where you're able to grasp. It makes you sort of hungrier to see what's out there, um, which I thought was really, really valuable and necessary.
1: Well, I do want to take a moment. I think he's here. I think we have Justin's middle school teacher, Ben Frimmer, here. Is yeah. Ben here? Yeah. In the back. Hey. Thank you very much.
2: Ben. I've never
0: met this man. it's a plant, it's a plant uh, yeah, no I mean, I feel like we're we'll just talk and you know everyone will listen. no, but I feel like we uh i feel, you know we we I grew up in a town that is thankfully uh really supports the arts and 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 brings on tremendous teachers like Ben and our high school theater teacher as well, and I think that was a constant thing. Well, we were always being talked to as if we were professional actors, which I know is a little bit ridiculous in certain ways, like, I had an extracurricular teacher who wasn't Ben, uh, who was someone else who, like, literally screamed at us one time, and I was like, that's probably a little bit too far, he's like, you're not being professionals, I was like, we're not professionals, (laughs) um, but, um, but, you know, we were always being treated as if we were, like, we were there to do some serious work, and that being the case, then you should do show up to do some serious work and you take it very seriously and, and you take a lot of pride in what you're creating. And again, the emphasis um, I know from Ben and from uh, the high school program in, in our town as well was always finding ways to get students involved in making the show in, in whatever that, in whatever form that took. So it was so far beyond just like, I'm the director, I'll tell you what to do, I'll tell you where to go, I'll tell you what to make, and, and here's what it is. It's like, I'm the director. I'm here to guide you guys in this learning experience and guide you into learning how to do this yourselves. It's much more about you than it is about me. It's about you guys. You know, in a perfect world, like that director almost becomes invisible in a way that the the, the actors are just making the show themselves, and and the kids are feeling at least, at least like they're making the show themselves. And so, you know, you come in with that kind of thinking that's far beyond just. I'm an actor on a stage and I, and I walk here and say this and do this. But it's sort of like I was part of making the show. I built the sets, I, I helped make the costumes. And you understand why they're made that way or why that's built for that reason. So it's a very comprehensive approach to it and I think that's also why so many people I know from our uh, theater program have gone on to do things in theater or in film or TV that's not just acting. Uh, because a lot of people, I think, get set in that—that's what the road is—and and and there's so much more. You
1: grew up in Connecticut, yeah. So were, was uh, your childhood? Did you come to the city and see shows? Was that a part of your growing up?
0: Yeah, it was. It was. I, I, uh, I not, uh, not tons, but I, I, yeah, Some. I'd say I came in several times a year with my family,
3: uh, seeing Broadway shows.
0: That was then, the
1: same for you, or?
3: Yeah, I mean, Philadelphia has a lot of theater itself, but I remember maybe when I was 12 or 13, I started to come up and see Broadway shows more often.
1: So you guys were. Relatively close to the city. So I want to jump back to University of Michigan. So you do edges, you get this great response. It, so are, are you now juniors, seniors? Where is that like in your... So this
3: would be like, yeah, it was between... End of sophomore year. Uh, yeah, sophomore year and junior year. And
1: so did you feel a real shift in terms of your focus? Like, hey, we're going to write more?
3: Yeah, well, I mean... Speaking to a group of teachers, it was it, it really was because of our teachers that I think that we w- were able to actually become songwriters. When they perceived that there was a shift in our interest, which you know we I guess we were sort of vocal about, um, they they really tailored the rest of our experience to helping us become writers. Even before we wrote the show, um, edges our our sophomore year everything that we learned about how to write a theatrical song was because we were in acting classes and those acting classes were teaching us about how songs sort of make sense on stage Uh, so like you know you guys all know this but you know like what makes a song actable like well this was the first time that we had heard like oh you should have someone that you're singing to in a song or you should want something in a song or there are objectives or there are tactics and all these things that you you know are very basic but like then you know we were able to say well if we're going to write songs how do we stuff these songs with you know someone that we're talking to or objectives or tactics so you know the next year after we kind of said we want to be songwriters songwriters, where we want to explore this a little more, our teachers really, instead of sort of forcing us to be actors and commit to that thing that we had said that we were going to be at 18, they allowed us to kind of grow and change. And um, they designed classes specifically for us so that we could um, really begin to dig into that interest. You know, the head of the program, Brent Wagner, he would meet with me once a week and he would play um, classic Uh, like songs pre 1960 and he would give me the sheet music and eliminate the lyric from it. And then I would have to match the, the music and try to write and see where this it scanned and see where it hit and see where my rhymes, you know, went and then I would compare it to the actual song, you know? So, and I know Justin, you had a a class that Jerry did for you too, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I had a class that was like, it was an independent study. I would literally went to my professor's house during the middle of the day every week, uh, to do, we would take old, old uh, musical theater standards and American songbook standards and like, I'd just do new rearrangements of them and, and like sit down and, He'd say, here's just here's the melody of the song and the chords and like you know create your arrangement of it. So it wasn't composing exactly, but it was arranging and like having that sort of mentality of of making that melody fit in you know in a new harmonic structure or a new rhythmic structure or whatever. So um, our teachers were really encouraging of us and 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 you know were weren't didn't feel you know threatened is the wrong word, but didn't feel like because we weren't following exactly the path that we had said we wanted to follow or that they might think we should follow um they didn't feel like oh well then you're not doing this right you have to stay on the path and you came here to be an actor so be an actor it was really they embraced the sort of different thing that we were we had an aptitude for
1: that's amazing so you graduated and what was the plan was there a plan
3: (laughs) um well I'll say like before we even graduated we spent uh over that summer we spent uh time in New York City between I guess, what would it be, junior and senior year. Um, So we interned for a writer, Jeff Marks, who co-wrote Avenue Q. And that happened because we literally wrote like 30 emails to 30 people. And like no one wrote us back except for this one guy. But he happened to have just won a Tony Award. So it was really great. Um, And then he let us uh, sort of shadow him. He went to Michigan. Yeah, he went to to Michigan. Um, So it was part of like, you know, an alum connection. But uh, we got to see how Avenue Q got put together for the Las Vegas production, which was really amazing. Um, and from there, just living in New York City, um, we, we really began to see how the city worked and how, you know, what you know, concert venues you should show up at or who the other young people were who were pursuing this thing and, and sort of got our feet wet a little bit. And then the next summer, I guess that was sophomore year, then a junior summer, um, we sort of did the same thing. So we had two years in a row where we got a little bit acclimated to New York and then um, our our senior year, there was a, a, a grant that you could apply to called the or this, which still is called the Jonathan Larson Foundation Grant and. Um, you had to be a graduate of of school to to uh, be eligible. Be, you couldn't
0: be in school and and apply for it. So
3: we were like, we're gonna graduate early and apply for this grant. And um, it's like now looking back, we're like, it, it wasn't like enough money to justify like trying to graduate college early. But we were really <laughs> excited about it.
0: We also though we had we had we had gotten from doing a concert in the city, we had gotten through another Michigan connection a job writing a couple of songs. Uh, for a show called Johnny and the Sprites, which John Tartaglia, as a Broadway actor, had a TV show on Disney Playhouse, which was like a morning Disney thing on the weekends, uh, called Johnny and the Sprites, and it was all theater writers who wrote the songs. And, you know, at at 21, we were like, this is the biggest deal in the world. And I remember thinking, like, how could I possibly be doing homework? Like, I have to be writing for Johnny and the Sprites. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, homework? Homework? Uh, so that was another reason that we we were like, we have to apply for the grant and we have to do our work. You know, we're professionals now. So we crammed all of our final credits into the first semester of our senior year and we moved uh, to New York basically January of 2007.
3: Yeah, we ended up getting that grant, which was really a big deal for us. And the last thing that I'll say, which is still the Michigan connection, is that um, we ended up writing a song uh, so we didn't participate in the showcase, but we wrote a song for the, the class, I guess, a year before that. But, but it was the first time that our work had ever premiered in New York. So we got the experience, like, because our teachers kind of let this happen and helped us and tailored this, you know, closing song of the senior showcase. We got to have, like, a little bit of work premiere in New York, too, which was a really big deal and a connection to the city.
1: Well, I, I want to jump forward a little bit um, to talk a little bit about Dear Evan Hansen because this entire group is coming to see the show this week, Crazy. which is great. I hope um, you guys
3: like whoa. it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, and I want to share... I wasn't sure I was going to share this, but a little personal story, which is um, about, I don't know, two weeks ago, I had to have a little dental surgery, nothing, you know, terrible. But I'm in the chair, and um, it was heavy-duty stuff, and we're about to start, and I'm a little nervous, and the dentist is like, "Um, how about we play some music? And I said, yeah, okay, we can play some music. And he goes over to the assistant, and he goes, Marnie, goes, go to YouTube and put Dear Evan Hansen. (laughs) And I literally am like freaking kidding me I'm like in suburbia like in a dentist office and the guy had just seen the show with his family and he's literally in my mouth going like Damn, handsome, like he's sort of singing <laughs> half the song to me <laughs> but it really was funny because it struck and you didn't know that you know I was in theater. and what really struck me is the reach of this show and that has been to me and this is like a middle-aged guy it wasn't even like a young kid yeah, who you'd you know think would would be aware of it so are you guys surprised by the reach of the show?
3: Yes. Yeah, for
0: sure.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, we we talked about, in writing this, we kind of made a commitment that this was going to be the show that we were just going to write for ourselves and that no one had to like and no one probably would like. And that's, like, the irony of all, is that it's the show that the most people relate to. But Isn't that the it's, best? It really is. I mean, we I remember before we even... We had no clue what, whether people would like the show or whether they would relate to it, especially before it went out of town in Washington, D.C. And we had this real moment where... Where we were like, okay, well, if it goes to Washington and it, it's going to have a its life there, and that you know that's what we're writing it for, and that's the only thing we're going to write it for, and uh, we we like had no expectation beyond that that it would do anything. So the whole all of this has been very, very, very surprising to us. Wow,
1: I think there's something to that. As a producer, when when. It comes from the head down, like some guy has an idea, and let me get all these people together and write about my idea. It's sort of like a different experience as opposed to something that was truly a spark between the two of you and, and the book writer and what you guys yeah, came up with. Yeah,
0: yeah, you know, the, the and, and we give so much credit to our producer, um, Stacey Mendich, for for um, thinking of it that way and approaching us that way. We, we had been, she was a... Um, she had been interested in, in producing more and had a career as a journalist, but but was transitioning over to be a producer. And um, she had uh, someone that she knew and respected put together like a mix of like young writers. She's always been obsessed with and and, and interested in and wanting to support young writers, which is such a gift. And um, she took a liking to our songs and, and she she wrote to us and was like, I, I, I jog around the, um, what's it called? In the the
3: Central Park. Jackie Onassis uh, Reservoir.
0: The Reservoir, right. I I even got the naming rights correctly. (laughs) Um, uh, She's like, "I, I, I, I jog around the reservoir every day, and I listen to your songs. I'd love to meet with you guys. And so we started meeting with her, and we were at lunch one day, and she was like, so tell me about everything you're working on again. And we said, okay, well, we have, we're working on A Christmas Story, the musical, because you know we found out that they, they were looking for new writers for it, and we we pitched and demoed for it, and we got the job, and so we're working on that. And then um, you know we have Dogfight, which she ended up uh, sort of uh, commissioning at Lincoln Center. But we said, you know, Lincoln Center is interested in that project, so we're doing that. And we had some other things as well. James of the Giant Peach was doing it. And she was like, it sounds like everything you're doing is great, but it's all sort of because someone was like you should do this you should do this we're like yeah 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 i mean that's i mean we're 22 or whatever we were 23, 23 or um yeah. you know that's that's how it works you know we're just you know who
1: wants us will yeah, go yeah yeah
0: yeah we're 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 hungry and we're excited and whatever and she was like well what's is there anything that you have been wanting to write or have always thought about writing but that no one has come to you and said, you should write this. Like what's the thing that that like you're like, if I could just like do only what I wanted to do, I'd write this, but there's no impetus, so I'm not doing that right now. We were like, "Well, yeah, we have this weird idea for a show that we talked about in college, but it, and, and she's like, "I want to do that. I want to do that." And we were like, "Well, let's let tell you what it is." Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> And then we told her the story, uh, and we told her the premise of a very early version of what Dear Evan Hansen would become, and I think she was probably like, oh, okay. Um, well, I mean, she had she already, already committed. Sort of said I room. wanted to do it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> she
0: had already said she wanted to do it. Like, I'm sure she was like, how am I ever going to make this a musical? I have no idea what this is about. Like, uh, a suicide, and like a grieving community, and a family, and a, you know, a team with social anxiety. So, uh, So, but but, to her credit, that was her approach. It wasn't, we certainly had a lot of people and still do that come and sometimes it works out. So it's not completely to dog this process, but a lot of people come and say, okay, I've got this property. I've got this movie. I've got this. I've got the rights to this book. I've got whatever we want you guys to do it. And sometimes that works. It's like dating. It's like a, it's like a matchmaking. It's like we got the property. We got the writers. We we'll put them together, and hopefully it works out. Um, and they're a right match for the material or whatever. And that 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 works for sure to an extent. But like it takes, I think, a special bold producer to say, "I'm committed to your voice right. as writers, and and I like what you guys do, and so I want to." I want to Support develop that. the idea that you guys have that comes from you.
1: And when you had that conversation with her, what had been written about this? Anything, or just like this is just an idea? I
3: mean, I think we had written—had we written any songs or anything like that? I think we had written like four songs that weren't wedded to plot at all. Uh, but I don't think—I don't. I guess we did share those with her. Yeah, but but they, I mean, it really was—it was very very, very early. And and like, it's there there
0: now. I mean, they're they're. So irrelevant to what the show is now. Are
1: yeah. they not in the score no, at this yeah, point? Yeah. Oh
3: no no no! They're okay. not even like they're like
1: they're not six even cut in the songs cut songs
3: ago. like batch.
0: Got they're it. like
1: the
3: they were like just they were burned <laughs> in a fire. Or something. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You know.
1: Well, that leads me to my next question because I think people are often surprised. I used to do creative development for an organization and, and I'd meet new writers and, and I'd say, well, how long have you been working on this? And they're like, forever, like six months, you know. And like, oh, six <laughs> You know, how long was the development process for Dear Evan Hansen?
3: A long time. That's
1: <laughs> yes, right. I mean, exactly. it was, it was Un- some-
0: since, until we opened on Broadway, like back, it was about eight years, I would say.
3: Yeah, I mean, we, t- we sat down with Stacey, I want to say in 2009. Nine. Um, for the first time and then we began to search for playwrights you know book writers in 2010 and I remember we committed to Steven Levinson at the end of 2010
1: and how did you find him what was that how was that match made
3: um, it came from a lot of, like, asking around and a couple of Stacey recommendations. She had writers, and our producer, she had writers that she was interested in yeah. that
0: she wanted to suggest, and then we also were, we, we asked, her, I mean, we 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 knew some, we were still very young, but we knew some other writers our age and, and people that we were interested in, and then we asked other people that we trusted and who but they liked. We just
3: ended up reading a lot of yeah. um, playwrights, and when we read Stephen Levinson's work, it felt like exactly the tone that we wanted for this show.
1: And when you met him, was it a love match? Like you're like this is it?
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, actually
1: we loved him. That's great. Yeah. And yeah. and so then you guys worked together and for those of you who don't know, you had an out of town tryout at Arena Stage yeah. Yeah. in Washington and then you came uh, to Second Stage Off Broadway mm-hmm. and then to Broadway. How much did it change between those three productions?
3: Um this show's uh, undergone a lot of changes. I mean, we had I want to say between like what Four workshops and two readings, or something, before we ever got to Washington, and then we self edited a lot. So, it, like, there were, I mean, massive changes before it even got to Washington. Then in Washington, during that process, it changed a great deal. Well,
0: even from the last workshop in New York until the the very first production at Arena Stage, there used to be an was, ensemble. There was an ensemble in the show. There was like a or... singing, dancing ensemble, um,
3: like Man, other people. Camera. Yeah, it got cut. every part in Dear Evan Hansen yeah. matters.
0: Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Now they do. Um, uh, uh, no, but that was there was something else that we cut too. I thought I thought there was like there were a few big kind of big ticket items oh, the, the, that
3: the, we, in the bedroom down the hall.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean there, we we there, we we a bunch cut. Of songs. We cut th- from that final workshop, which was supposed to be like, okay, let's just get everything, make sure everything's in in a good place before we go into rehearsal in D.C. We left the workshop being like, everything's in a bad place. We have to, like, gut this. Yeah. And so we... And then we, we added uh, two it, songs. We cut that. three songs from it. We, we cut the ensemble. And then we added a few songs in D.C. Then we... We took out some songs from DC to second stage. We replaced like the opening number. We replaced uh, the end of act one number. Which became um, You Will Be Found. That was yeah. a big, big... Moment. Less changes from second stage to Broadway. best because we had so many opportunities to work on the show uh, leading up till then so i'd say you know the show changed 15 to 20% moving from second stage to broadway but you know from workshop to uh, to arena it was like 60% and arena to uh, second stage like probably 40 or something that's you know 30 amazing. 40 yeah that's
1: great and um, I'm going to open this up for questions in two minutes. So I'm jumping around a little bit. No, but no, there's, please. There, I'm going to move a little bit to La La Land just because obviously folks are interested and it's so current and new. How did that come about? How did that gig fall in your lap?
3: Um, well, we we started working with a, a manager uh, maybe three years ago named Richard Kraft, um, and he's fantastic, and we we didn't really get his vibe at first, because he would just be like, you're going to do this project, like, you're going to like well, this, you have to do this thing, and we would always be like, we kind of, we thought of him as like an emotional terrorist for a long yeah. time.
0: Yeah, my wife <laughs> always referred to him as like a domestic terrorist, yeah. she's <laughs> like, she has like a list on of like the people that like mess up our personal lives always, and like he's he was at the on. top, the, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. but we didn't know, <laughs> she like, was like the director of something, else, whatever, and Richard Kraft. He's, like, top
3: of the list. But, because he would always be so enthusiastic. Like, we're going on vacation. No, we're not. (laughs) 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 But he, he was, like, he was, like, I met these, we'd just known him maybe for a month at that time, and he's out, he's based out of L.A. Yeah, he called us, and he was, like, guys, I just
0: met you in L.A. We're, like, what do you mean, Richard? And he's like, I met these two guys. They're friends in college, and they, they're filmmakers, and they're passionate, and they're just like you guys, but they live in L.A. We're like, okay, cool. Cool, Richard. <laughs> um, uh, he's like, they're the same age as you, whatever. He's like, they're doing a movie musical. It's at Lionsgate, it's happening, and you have to be part of it. He's like, here's the thing. Um, one's, a, one's a director, and the other one is a composer. So there's already a composer, so you guys would just write the lyrics. And we were like, well, you know, that's not really what we do. We write the score to shows. We write the music and the lyrics. And he's like, I know, but this is what you're going to do for this. And we're like, okay, well, let's talk about this for a second. He's like, we talked about
3: it. Um, LAUGHTER it's like the way he is. But by the way, this was also before, like, you know, it wasn't, like, Whiplash, Damien's movie before uh, this, it, it hadn't come out yet, like, we had we no, like, we, they were just two guys to us, like, they had no credits, we were just like, okay. But he was
0: like, they love the classic films, they love Umbrellas of Cherbourg, they love An American in Paris, like, it's gonna evoke those movies, this sound, it sounds amazing, you guys have to meet with them and you have to do this project, even though it's just lyrics, um, you just have to be part of it, I'm telling you, it's worth it to be part of this. And we were like, okay, we, we're still thinking he's crazy. We are supposed to get on a conference call with the, with the guys, with Justin and Damien and the producers of the film. So we get on a conference call with them and just have a general kind of talk about approach to writing songs and influences and what kind of songs we love and, and musicals and all that kind of stuff. We have the call... He calls us, and he's like, okay, I got the information. I got the scoop. We're like, okay. He's like, they like you. They don't love you. We're like, okay. Uh, We're like, well, you know, well, we did it. And he's like, they're talking to a lot of people about this. And so we're we're like, of course, totally get it. And, you know, they either like us or they don't. And so we'll see how it shakes out. He's like, no, no, no. We have to do more. We're like, okay. He's like, here's what's going to (laughs) happen. It was was like, this was uh, Friday, like Friday night, like probably at like 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. in New York a few years ago he was like oh, um, he's like here's what's going to happen monday you're going ri- to sunday night you're going to write to them and you're going to say hey guys we we happen to be in LA and we'd love to meet up with you guys tomorrow uh, uh, to just maybe grab a bite maybe we could talk and stuff we're like okay but we don't happen to be well, in we're LA not, on we're not we're not in LA <laughs> he's like well let's talk about how that's going to happen we're like okay <laughs> He's like, you're going to go and you're going to book flights to L.A. and you're going to go whatever. We're like, okay, well, he's like, are there, is the studio bringing us out? He's like, no. We're like, okay, um, well, are you saying we're just... He's like, yep, you're going to book flights to L.A. and you're going to fly there in two days. And then Sunday night, you're going to write him and say, we're in L.A., guys. Like, we just happen to be here. And we'd love to take you guys out for dinner and talk about the movie. And we're like, okay. And I remember talking this over like with like my wife and like us talking over being like, what, like what? this guy's insane. Like This, like are we really going to submit to terrorism here? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like, you can't negotiate with terrorists. And
1: your wife's Um, like, we have dinner plans. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: exactly, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Um, And so we're like, I guess we're doing this. So we're like, do we press book, press buy? We're like, yeah, let's do it. So we're like on the phone at the same time. We're like, okay, I just bought it. Like, click. You know? yeah. And and so we went out there and they they, the guys. they
3: submitted a they they gave us a song to yeah, to. it them. was just like a piano demo of just a melody and so he was also like and not only are you going to meet there you're going to show up. you're going to show up and you're going to have written a song to present to them to get this job just
1: a little pressure there yeah right?
3: but I mean honestly like now um, uh, we were very happy that that happened. <laughs> <laughs> And so the song that we wrote on the plane um, To meet them is City of Stars Yeah
1: Alright, my last question before I open it up Just because I'm dying to know Most of us will not have the opportunity To be at the Oscars What was it like? Any good Oscar stories? Um, Well, what do you think?
0: (laughs) I mean, it was an interesting night
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah
3: (laughs) What are you asking, Van?
1: I was actually looking for smaller stories. Oh, I see. Perhaps. I see, I see, I see. Yeah.
3: yeah, I mean, it was pretty wild. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, uh, I would say, well,
0: obviously, it was, you know, it was a really great night, and then it turned really weird, and 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 and, uh, you know, it was obviously we're like, hey, well, we were part of history. That's always going to be cool. Um, it was hard in the moment because it was it was tough for some of our colleagues that we love very much, and had a sort of a really crappy moment. Uh, so that was. You know that w- that really shifted the dynamic of the night and the tone of the night. So we'll always remember it in a little bit of a little bittersweet, sort of, yeah, a little if bittersweet the, way. It feels
3: like a Jewish wedding where you're like, it's happy, and then let's break this glass. Exactly. let's remind ourselves of the yeah, sorrow. There is of the some world. suffering,
0: exactly. Yeah. But but you know what? I would say one of the things that we loved, one of our our our, our, our most uh, cherished memories from that time was uh, uh, this is something that the uh, the the Academy, the Film Academy, does that we then brought over and did. Uh, uh, that we organized with the other people for the Tonys as well is a couple of nights before the Oscars, the they, the, the music branch of the Academy organizes a dinner that is just for uh, nominees, uh, just for music nominees. So no guests, no press, no anything. And it's like, a couple of the governors from the music branch, and then just the people. So it was like us and Lynn, and uh, uh, Timber, Justin Timberlake and Jay Ralph and and Nick Brittell, like all these amazing musicians that we idolize and and love and so respect. And it's just us sitting at dinner, the, like the twelve of us sitting down, and and that was really cool because obviously these things always become all about like press and you know flashing cameras and all this kind of stuff and so it was really cool to sit and just talk about music right, in with a quiet people place. yeah in a quiet place and like we all sat down and and it was like sort of awkward but sort of great and we're like all right we're going to like eat this like palabit right now and <laughs> and um and Justin Timbers like is like oh, i think we need to do a toast and we're like okay he's like guys we're going to have a toast um i just want to say like i think we're all going to be working together for a long time and so we're like we, are we we're like okay <laughs> <laughs> Um, he's like, we're gonna be at these things for years to come. Like, this is our new family, and so whatever. We're like, this is the greatest person in the world. Um, and and so similarly, we did the same, same thing in the Tonys. Where a few nights before we got together, just the just the writers, book writers, and and composers of the the nominated uh, the, the nominees. And uh, where'd you go? We went to De in uh, in, uh, in Times Square. Times Square, of course. Um, but uh, again, it was that was the most fun because also people like get to whine about like the director didn't get this, or the producer messed this up, or like why didn't the cast get this, or like we want to like you're a band of brothers. Everyone gets yeah. to tell war stories yeah. of like how hard it was, but also like how amazing it was to get to have your thing finally do this. So that was definitely our favorite part. I think of both those experiences is like because you don't get to interact. Writing is a very solitary you know a a, a job and so you don't get to interact with people in the way that unless you're in production so that was really special
1: oh that's great well I for one have to say that uh, your speech uh was so lovely the two of you I mean and it really for anyone from the theater world or even the education world I mean it was a, a great moment to watch and everybody was so proud and happy for your success You've been listening to the Broadway Teachers Podcast, recorded live at the Broadway Teachers Workshop, an annual program that brings theater teachers together with the Broadway community for behind-the-scenes classes, workshops, intimate discussions, and Broadway shows in New York City and online. Learn more at www.broadwayteachinggroup.com.